Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host. I am the Clydesdale. We love to do fitness and these are my friends. What's up guys? Long time no see. Yeah, it's just been a few minutes, I feel like. <laughs> Back from Madison. Back to real life for us. Yeah. Even yeah. though Amy keeps texting me to take my meds just like she yelled at me for the week we were in Madison. Yeah, I had to do a lot of mommy, <clears throat> a lot of wife duties. I mean, never stops. You filled yeah. in for all the spouses. Yep, I did. And Scott, my Scott got a break. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. So I, um, let's talk about the travel day. How was your travel back? Tell everybody what you did, how it went. Well, we left at 5 a.m. Monday morning, right? Yep, because that was the plan. And I think that they um, didn't that was like Amy's it. plan. <clears throat> yep, they didn't like it. And they had to wake up and do it. But I started the drive. Scott got to sleep a lot. And then we had a third driver this time. So that helped um, on the way home. So Charlie um, did some driving. Scott slept some more. And then Scott had to drive the rest of the way home. And so I slept was, some more. Oh, wait, no. No, you <laughs> um, Oh, I also did some sleeping and I actually woke everybody up because I woke myself up snoring while I was sleeping in the car. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I nobody said anything. And then later I was like, I think I woke myself up snoring. And they both were like, you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. So ours was less eventful than it sounds like your traveling back home it was, Kat. So super fun. So I got to sit in the Madison airport for several hours before my flight. And I may have done that on purpose because I know that who's who of CrossFit is going to be traveling through the airport pretty much all day Monday, or at least most of the who's who's. So it started with Christy, Ermo, O'Connell, and Patrick in the security line. I got to chat with them for a little bit. Um, I had lunch with Travis and Max, Travis Mayer and Max Elhaj, um, and Mike and Brandy McGoldrick and their son, um, who is a little cutie, I forget his name, but he's probably like two years old running around the airport. That was super fun. Um, I met up with Lauren Khalil from Morning Chalk Up. She and I sat together for a little bit in the airport, um, ran into a couple judges, uh, Royce Dunn, Sam Cornoyer, and Kara Saunders, 
or in the airport. Um, I, I did do a little like, oh, Cara, <laughs> as she was walking by, but I don't think she heard me. <laughs> and I'm not sure what I would have said if she had turned around and said hello. So that was awkward. Um, did, did say hi to Sam, met Andre Hude um, at lunch. <sighs> I'm probably forgetting some people. Did not, did not see Khan, sorry, Amy, didn't see him. Um, and a lot of staff like um, Noah Dean, I don't know if you know Noah, but he does like some MC work. He did MC work for um, the center stage in Vendor Village for CrossFit. Um, I saw one of the floor announcers, I don't know his name from the field, younger guy. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and a ton of fans, you know, a ton of CrossFit fans. You could, you could pretty much like go to the aisle across from wherever you were sitting and just say like, hey, how about Tia? <laughs> hey, how about Justin Maderos? And, you know, people would just start a conversation. It was a really cool vibe. Yeah, it was fun. So yeah, it was a blast. Oh, yeah, it was a blast. Oh, Chelsea Hughes. I saw Chelsea Hughes um, and Tia and Tia Besser who, uh, who won the master's division in her age group. So yeah, it was good, productive. I totally forgot that, um, of course, you would be running into everybody with masks because at the event, you know, it was mostly outdoors and, you know, there weren't masks. And of course, at the airport, you have to. So I just totally forgot that when you were saying, I think I'm recognizing these people, but they're in masks. It was way harder to recognize people with masks on, for sure. Um, and I was sitting where we could eat. So I had my mask off. And it was funny because I think I've told this story before, but in 2019, in the airport, I met Max Elhaj for the first time. Um, and we sat and chatted for a bit then. Um, and certainly every time I see him, I remind him of that because I don't think he remembers who I am, um, but he's way smarter than I give him credit for. And he does remember who I am. And he actually came up to me at the airport. I was had my head down and was doing something and he came up to me and he goes, hey, didn't we do this two years ago? <laughs> and then he came and sat down and ate. So that was kind of cool that uh, you know he actually does know who I am, but still has not come on the podcast, so. Well, speaking of that, um, I actually had a couple of fans reach out to me in the last couple of days saying that they wanted to stop by and see us. And they actually did see us at the games and they were too shy to come say hi. And the one actually said, well, Kat was the first celebrity I saw and I was so nervous. Aww. And in no way in my mind do I think that we are celebrities. Heck no. No, we are, we are fans just like everyone else. Totally. And that's kind of the beauty of this show is we try to bring you the fans perspective. So if you see us, tackle us, do whatever you need to do. Please say hi. We'd love that. Um, and don't be shy. We're just fans like you. Totally. Totally. Oh yeah. That bums me out. I mean, when you told me that I was like, ah, I wish he or she would have said something. Cause that's cool. Cause I've been that way too. I felt the same way, you know, seeing people, people way more important than me, but, uh, but yeah, that was cool. Did you guys have any other like, um, sightings throughout the weekend before we get into like athlete, you know, performances and things, any sort of crazy moments where you sort of fangirled fanboyed out a little bit? Well, I mean, Amy, I, you know, I met Tom Porter. So I did that. I was very, I tried to keep it very cool to be very cool but that's who I that was I really just wanted to meet him and I know you know we joke all the time that I'm like he's so good looking yes he is but we I think you guys know that I also am a fan of him for a lot of different reasons not just that I mean he's got awesome funny dance moves um no but also just for for being a spokesperson in the sport and for mental health and, and that so and, and you, 
you could say the same thing for pretty much everyone in CrossFit, like people that are on that stage, they're all gorgeous. Like there, there isn't an ugly one in the bunch. Like they're all photogenic. They're beautiful. Their bodies are so sculpted. And I mean, any one of them could be like on the cover of, you know, a muscle magazine or a CrossFit magazine or something. They're, they're all very attractive. <laughs> Let's face it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I had a fanboy moment this time. No. Um, I think I had moments where I was really excited for people, um, uh, really excited to see people, but I didn't get that fanboy vibe that I've had in the past. There are a couple people that I didn't get to meet in person that if I would have, I probably would have got the fanboy vibe. Um, but yeah, I don't, I didn't get an opportunity to see those people. So, mm-hmm. um, I am getting better at not sounding like a bumbling idiot when I run into people that I fangirl over. Um, it's taken a lot of practice and a lot of time. So I think this time around, I was way more comfortable talking to people just because I think I knew a lot more people, but I did get the chance to talk to the champ, Matt Fraser. And that was definitely the highlight of my weekend, I think. Um, as you guys may or may not have known, I, I got to meet Matt at the West Coast Classic, but it was on official Morning Chalk Up business. And so I didn't feel like I could speak openly to him as a fan or even talk to him. I went for a job, I did the job, I got it done and I left. Um, and it was very, you know, all business. But this was, I was just like in the, you know, the media aisle taking some pictures and I turned around and he was there and I was like, I'm not gonna not say anything this time. So I talked to him. Um, I talked to him about his hard work pays off programming that I've been doing. Um, I talked about the fact that his parents were sitting a couple rows up from me in this in the Coliseum the night before. And he, you know, told me the story about how his parents were coming to the games and he had to remind them that he wasn't competing at the games, you know, like, hey, mom, dad, you know, I'm not there. Right. And, you know, that they have friends that they wanted to catch up with and and cheer on other athletes and not be so stressed out watching it. Um, He was very nice, very kind. And somebody even I think it was um, Jenny Coleman, who's a photographer. She came up to him and said, Matt, there's a girl here that really wants to meet you. Um, and he sort of did like a, okay, hold on. And like to finish the conversation with me, <laughs> like it, it was, it was cool, really cool. Um, and I, you know, I really wish someone had taken a candid photo of the two of us speaking. Cause I would have loved to have had that on camera. I'm not a big selfie person. Um, I could have easily probably asked him for a selfie, but I just, that's just not my style. So I'm bummed that it didn't get sort of documented, but I do think the guy that was video videoing him was filming our conversation. So perhaps our conversation will get into some kind of footage with Matt in the future. I'm pretty sure that I was not in the frame of the camera whatsoever, but Matt talking and his narrative may or may not be on an upcoming episode on YouTube. So I'll be watching. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So So big shout out to Morning Chalk Up to letting, you know, for giving us the access that that we got. Um, and allowing us to sort of do our thing there. Um, super grateful to them for that opportunity because I think without them, we probably would have had a very different experience at the games. Um, and so cool that um, Amy and Charlie could come and we could get some affiliate passes and you know do our thing and, and, and have some fun. So it's awesome. Well, and you know, this was my very first time going to the game. So like 
I'm so glad that I got there beforehand to kind of like get the lay of the land and, you know, kind of let that sort of soak in. Um, but, it, you know, it was really great. You know, I got to have um, a, a different perspective or, you know, different kind of behind the scenes look at it uh, as I got to be um, a coach to friend of the show. Cheryl Nasso, who was competing in the um, master's division. And so that was, that was really neat to be able to, to see the adaptive athletes and to see the masters um, and the teens athletes, you know, they were all kind of doing their briefings together um, and getting to do some of the competitions together on the field. And so I really liked how that part was different this year, as far as letting them have the full experience not going on at the same time as the individual athletes. So and I think what was <clears throat> what was cool about early in the week is the masters and the in the teenagers have not had a spotlight on them in years where they actually got coverage, where they were uh, part of the show. And this year they got all that. And I think the programming shows how far those divisions have come. Um, Kyle Kasperbauer said after the event, it was the hardest program he's done in the master's division and everybody was up for the challenge. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really cool that you could tell that, you know, they're doing multiple legless rope climbs on a 20 foot rope as a master's athlete. You know, back in the day, they really scaled it back for them and they have really advanced um, over the last few years. And if you have not taken the time to go watch them perform, you really should because they are doing amazing things. Uh, <clears throat> just a tick, and I'm talking a small tick below the elite athletes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was cool. Yeah, it was great to see them too. Um, and, I, and I may have gotten to interview Adrian Conway in an ice bath. And by May, I mean, I did, <laughs> and that was fun. I think that that's what helped me, you know, like I said, I haven't gotten to go to a lot of these experiences. You know, I've gotten to when regionals used to be, you know, more local, I had more opportunity there to go and experience that um, and volunteer. So this was a different time, you know, different kind of opportunity that I was able to be presented with. And so I think that that's what lessened kind of the fan grownness because I was back there and like just got to see how okay there it's just regular athletes you know it's just like how if I would be at a comp in the warm up area this is what it is and yes these are elite athletes who a lot more people know and their capabilities are a lot exponentially higher it still was just athletes in the warm up area you know yeah it was super cool what do you think about so you didn't have coliseum tickets. I did not. You said festival tickets. So you and Charlie watched most of the stuff from either the affiliate lounge or the fit aid tent. Um, mm -hmm. If you went back, would you want Coliseum tickets or, I mean, forget about like how expensive they are. Just like, do you wish you could have gotten in there to see, do you think, uh, cause I have my own answer, but you, you answer. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I got the opportunity to see one event in there when, um, when okay. the mask doing the snatch where we were seated there it was terrible I couldn't even hardly see anything so that if that is the experience I would have been presented with the whole time I would have been disappointed mm -hmm. so I'm if the seating would have been better or the way that it was arranged would have been better I mean I would definitely want to have that experience sometime yes yeah. but the fit aid lounge was pretty amazing at the same time to be able to, to watch it there yeah, I mean, I, you know, we had tickets, pretty good seats um, with our credentials, and I chose to watch the final event 
in the fitting tent <laughs> and it was yeah. great. I mean, yeah, good access there too. So I think for me, it's hard because there's two different ways the floor can be set up. Mm -hmm. And so depending on the event you're watching, you could either have a really good seat or a really crappy seat. Um, and we don't know how the events are gonna be, you know, lined up and, and laid out. Um, you pretty much know that the final is gonna be that length of the floor. So if you wanna be there like on the last day when the champions high-fiving everybody, like you pretty much know where you wanna sit, but then you're sort of SOL for some of the other exciting events like the snatch event, which was turned sideways and right. the finish line, you know, was, was 90 degrees from those great seats, um, which is good and bad, right? It's, it gives other people an opportunity to have a good seat, um, you know, people that get other tickets, but then, you know, where's the, where's the premium seating? It's kind of hard to determine. It's because it's not like a baseball field where, you know, you know, if you're getting third base tickets, third baseline tickets, you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. Well, you know, they don't rotate the field around <laughs> like randomly. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Um, let's talk about the programming real quick for individuals. I loved it. Just, you know, general thoughts. We're not going to go through like all the events or anything. Um, I, I thought it was a great test of fitness. I really did. Yeah, I did too. Um, it's funny how we talked about the predictability of some of the events. So we talk about uh, how usually on the last day early on, there's like a new thing, right? It was the pegboard back in whenever the pegboard was introduced. It was the hand, ring handstand pushups way back when, uh, I think that was in 2016. And this year was no different. We had the freestanding pushups, traveling freestanding pushups. Yeah. Um, you know, the standards looked a little sketchy. I know that, you know, as a spectator, we don't, we're not behind the scenes hearing what the judges are telling the athletes and everything else. It seemed very clear to the athletes what they needed to do. And that's really all that matters for that test. Um, as a spectator who's interested in sort of the minutia of the standard, I was frustrated because I didn't know what the standards were and I didn't think they were being consistently Consistent. held. Yeah. But once I sort of got the inside scoop and figured it out and rewatched it, I was like, okay, now I understand sort of why the way it was. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, and then I called the, the, the dramatic march, right? So every year, um, since I can remember, the final event has always been some kind of dramatic march, you know, a mm -hmm. lunge step. You think about the Fibonacci, um, you think about, you know, the one where Cara and Tia are like neck and neck and someone gets snow repped and has to go back and there's all this drama. And we even saw it at Granite Games, right? Granite Games, the last event was that walk and, you know, that sort of bit Emma in the butt and, and you know, cost her her first place finish in that event. There's always usually something really dramatic that happens with those lunges. Um, and this one, you know, didn't disappoint either. Yeah, you know, I, it's, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Scott. No, you go. Um, I, I, I love the programming overall. I know there's some predictability to it, but I'm okay with that. I'm, yeah. you know, if it adds drama and you need to for television, that's what you need to do. Um, my, I would say my favorite thing of the weekend was the run clean ladder. Um, I thought that was amazing to add that run into that to what is a traditional ladder made it way more interesting. Um, and then my one criticism would be the freestanding handstand pushup. I think that while I was okay with it being in the programming to wait for it till Sunday when you're on TV and us who have been around the sport forever, we're having a hard time figuring out what the standard was and what, what was a rep and who was where 
for a national audience to finally get to see what CrossFit is. If we don't understand it, there's no way in hell anybody at home understood what was going on there because it just looked like utter chaos on the floor. And it's, it's not that I, I have anything against the movement itself being in the programming. I just thought the timing of being on TV could have been better. <clears throat> yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we're, we're protective of our methodology, right? And for it to be broadcast across national television in a way that more looks like uh, you know, a, a glorified circus act, which we know it's not, right? But the average Joe watching is probably like, what the hell is this? You know, they're slamming their heads into the ground and like taking a step and then slamming their heads into the ground and <laughs> taking a step. <sighs> Between that but, and the event, you know, it's like you see somebody getting hurt and then you see like people banging their heads on the ground. And it's like, what is, no wonder people have this impression of CrossFit as being dangerous. You know what I get the most comments from non-CrossFitters about when they watch CrossFit? is pull-ups oh so yes so many people like those aren't pull-ups those aren't pull-ups and i'm like they are they're a certain kind of pull-ups but they are still pull-ups and try doing 90 of them and then let us know how it feels (laughs) yeah let's have a contest and see who can win yeah and be us i did i and i talked to a couple athletes too um I, i won't name names but um they indicated that they were not as beat up from the weekend as as years past or as they expected, which is good. I think, you know, it's not, I don't think it's Dave's intention to like run these athletes into the ground. Um, and I, like one of two things are either happening. The, the programming wasn't as tough as it's been in the past. And I don't think that's an accurate statement. Um, these athletes are just getting stronger and learning how to better recover and fuel and everything else. And their volume in training is becoming such that the CrossFit games is just like another four hard days of training for them and not, you know, the Herculean effort that it's been in the past where people are getting rhabdo and, you know, heat stroke and all this other stuff. Like they're really preparing themselves for this test. Um, and I think that's awesome. You know, they're just raising the bar. I did think they got lucky with the weather yeah. this year. I mean, there was one, a couple days that were sketch, but um, like hot, like I was struggling, but I think we did get lucky later because it was really nice. Yeah, it was a little cloud cover, like not super bright sun. Yeah, perfect, perfect weather. Um, okay, so let's talk about some of the athletes because there's a lot of storylines here. And we're not going to talk about the obvious, you know, Tia and Justin storylines, but some other ones. So let's talk Scott Pancheck. Oh, I loved his post. If you didn't read his post talking about, I thought it was so well written and how he said he would, would always leave every year disappointed that he didn't place where he wanted to. And this was the first time where he enjoyed every moment. And I loved reading that from the veteran for the younger athletes. I really did. Yeah, I actually had the opportunity to watch the Buttery Bros after the fact that he was on where he talks about tweaking his knee. And, and then it, it was just kind of interesting because you saw him struggle with the knee throughout still win a couple events, uh, but just where the knee came into play, the running aspects of things, he really struggled. Um, and then to see that that happened two weeks before the games um, was kind of heartbreaking, but to see that he actually enjoyed himself uh, kind of lifted that up. So, yeah. And I think we all predicted and agreed that he was the spirit of the games. Um, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was a great, great. It was just, you just smiled when you saw him because you knew he was just having such a good time. 
there were many moments where I saw him before events, like everyone's sort of very focused and like looking, you know, at their starting mat and everything else. And he would, he was visibly looking around and whether yeah. he was trying to find somebody in the audience or he was just trying to soak it all in, um, probably a little bit of both, but that was really cool to see. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of retirement, let's talk about Kristen Holta. So she announced today on her Instagram that this was her last dance in the Coliseum. Nobody's done it better. I mean, well, I mean, and nobody's done it better and been unheralded as much as she has. Right, she flies Always, the always there yes. and always forgotten about. Um, yes. Rock steady every year. Um, and just a joy to watch, you know. Um, had this year, I think that's the one advantage of having the press credentials and being right there on the finish line and seeing the, the emotions of the athletes much clearer was really cool. And she was just out there having fun. And it was just awesome to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a legend for sure. I mean, just a perennial, you know, top 10 athlete that nobody talks about. <laughs> and, you know, and, and somebody mentioned to us, to Scott and I, you know, interesting that she waited until after the games to announce it, you know, versus Scott having done it prior to the games. And, and I mean, my answer to that is she probably didn't, wasn't sure, you know, she probably wanted to see how this week panned out before she wanted to make the decision and she wouldn't have wanted all the attention, you know, because yeah. she, she didn't need all that. Not that, not that Scott, you know, is a showboat or, you know, needed the attention because that's not what I'm saying, but she just, you know, she did it her way and, and, and that's the way it turned out. So we're super, super happy for her. We should try to get her on the show. Talk to her a little bit. Okay. Um, Daniel, Daniel Brandon. I mean, we have a lot to deal with. Holy, right. Let, let's, let's start positive. I did not well, she know. She was negative. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> she was negative. Right. A, 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 a uplifting piece. Okay. Um, no human should be able to walk on their hands run. as fast as that woman. Run yeah. on their hands as fast as that woman can go. That, that awesome. blew me away. So and cool. Does she have gymnastics? Does she have the she gymnastics? gymnastics till middle school and then middle. switched to track? Yeah. Okay. So not a whole lot of, you know, upside down time, but, you know, go ahead. let's talk about how she crushed the sprint. I mean, didn't she take second in that or maybe third? I don't remember. I don't know, but yeah, but she crushed She's so incredibly athletic. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I had her on the podium all weekend. I said, you know, she's going to podium. She's going to podium. I mean, she's got the potential to podium. She really does. And I just hope that, you know, this experience, you know, shows her how much she's grown mentally, you know, in the sport. And that, you know, if, if next year she comes back and, you know, without the, the thousand pounds of adversity stuck on her shoulders, she's going to do really well, really well. And yes, uh, no, she didn't get second in that. I don't think. Sorry, yeah. I'm switching the board here. I just um, think though that I think that that is like you're saying is such a mental task that she had to go over. And we should probably mention what some of this adversity was, but I think she will actually really grow from that. Like that is a piece of, of growth for her mentally. Um, and just to perseverance. 
right? To be able to push through all that stuff and be able to compete. You know, I saw her have more composure this time than she was having when um, she was in Vegas at the comp. Yeah. She took fifth in the sprint, actually. Okay, fifth. Okay. One one twenty seven. Still like a blistering pace. Yeah. So to bring, to, I'll do it the skinny fast of this. So uh, her, two of her training partners from her training camp tested positive, Bethany and Carrie Pierce, for COVID. And so because they were in close contact, Danielle um, had to be tested constantly. Um, and essentially treated like she had COVID while also being able to compete. Um, they did allow her to still compete, but they just had to make um, pretty severe precautions, which would be that they tried to, to social distance her among the other athletes when possible. Um, so like if there was a, something on the field in the lane, then they would have a space between them. I, I know uh, from talking to people on the medical staff that she had to have um, all of her own stuff, nobody else could touch anything until medical cleaned and cleared it, um, the equipment. And then again, the daily tests for COVID that were always negative. We had, during the snatch event, she had a separate chair. There was a bench for athletes to sit on while they were waiting. She had her own chair. Yeah. Like it was, I mean, how that mentally affects somebody, you know, like you feel like a leper for no reason. Um, and I'm not blaming anybody for, for the way this had to go down. I mean, I think they did what they could to allow her to compete and thank God, you know, she got to compete. Right. Um, right. Cause it could have said like, listen, if you're living with people that have it, you're out. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it just, oh, I, I just, every time, you know, when in that snatch ladder, when they had to like take time to switch out the barbell just for her. And it's like, I could just see myself getting like more angry and angry about it that, you know, mm. yeah. yeah. I do want to say it could have been done better. Yeah. I, I, I think that they wanted to prove a point that they were doing everything they could. And at the expense of her, at the expense of her performance, probably, because it, it did, it had to have affected her, her performance. Yeah. Um, and I think that they went to extreme measures, uh, not just like CDC measures to, uh, set her off and set her apart. Yeah. And she, she made a good point. Um, I heard her speaking with, um, on another podcast where she said, you know, I was exposed, you know, I was potentially exposed to these people that tested positive. That's fine. And you have to test me every day, but how many other athletes over the course of the weekend could have potentially been exposed to people that have COVID that we just don't know about because not everyone's getting tested and they could be more dangerous to the crowd mm -hmm. than her. I'm and actually so, shocked about that, that they so did not test. Like they should have tested everybody every day. And I don't know if there's, you know, a, if that was cost prohibitive or what, or maybe it was, they were afraid they were going to find more people that were positive. I mean, I don't know, but. And, and that was my point. It was more about perception yeah. than a reality. Because there were 15,000 people that walked through that gate right. that didn't get tested at all. A hundred percent. Yes. But also then. If, why didn't they, CrossFit, require people to wear masks inside the Colosseum? Right. I mean, there were some people that had to, right? Like down on the field, on the, on the floor. If you were on the floor and you were not Dave Castro, yes, you had to wear a mask. Right. I mean, if, if that's the, how they wanted to play too, then they should have required everybody indoors. 
Yeah. Or at least all athletes on the field, not just her. Cause same thing. I mean, if they're all oh, yeah, sure. proximity with each other, yeah. you know, that, you know, they could have spread COVID throughout the whole population and it, it might not have come from Danielle, I guess is what my point. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. But what I do want to say to finish this up is yeah. loved that when, um, Pat Vellner and her won the same event and she went to fist bump, bump Pat and Pat was like, nope, fist bump isn't enough. Get in here and give me a hug. Yeah. And then after the event, Tia went over because she was sitting by herself and pulled her over with the rest of the athletes uh, and gave her a hug. And I thought that was pretty cool of those athletes to do that um, and kind of make Scott a statement. Panchik, yeah. When, when her and Scott Panchik won the event for, got the award, he gave her a hug. Yep. Yeah. Which I thought was great. That was very cool. Okay, we got a couple more to go through. Uh, Mal O'Brien. I mean, for here's what's really interesting is for being so young. I mean, seventeen, which we say is so young because we are masters athletes. That is very young. Although she very much is becoming a young lady, but her body um, awareness and composure is incredible mm -hmm. really because i mean at that time of, of 17 16 18 their bodies are still rapidly growing and and awkward i mean in general but she her composure and body awareness i thought was fantastic yeah i think she has a, i think she's got physical maturity too i mean i think yeah. she looks she does not look like a teenager if you right. you know if you chopped off her head and just showed me her body i would think she was you know, a 23, 24 year old woman, just the way she's built and the development of her muscles is, is crazy. I mean, which just leads me to believe that she's just going to keep getting stronger um, and better, which is just insane for me. And she, she seems to have that sort of killer instinct um, that you need, you know, mm -hmm. to, to get into the pain cave and Hey, she won an event. She beat Tia Claire to me in right. a, you know, bike uh, thruster workout, like insane. Wall walk, wall walk. Oh, wall walk. Wall walk. Wall walk. Yeah. Just raw athleticism yeah. is just oozing out of that girl. They. When she went unbroken on the first set of 21 thrusters, I thought to myself, 10. 10, sorry. I thought to myself, there's no way she's not keeping that pace. Like that's not going to happen. Um, and damn it. If she didn't keep the pace like the whole time, um, you know, it was a calculated risk for her. And I, I really thought it was going to backfire on her and damn it, she didn't win the whole thing. And I think that the one thing that she has is that tunnel vision to be able to block everything else out, mm -hmm. except for what's going on in her lane and what she's trying to accomplish. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really impressive. Really impressive. Okay. Uh, Annie Thor's daughter. Oh my gosh. The best. How many times did you cry, Amy? <laughs> so many. I mean, just her genuine excitement. Like, I love how she is just so genuine. She is just as excited. And like when she when she surprises herself, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I just loved it. Yeah. The snatch event was completely epic to watch the expressions on her face just you know, even, even not even just with the last lift, but the last couple of lifts, she, she surprised herself. Um, it was priceless. And then to find out that her grandmother passed away, 
that, you know, the Friday before that was something that we didn't know. And, um, you know, even just when she crossed the finish line at the very end and knew that she had, you know, clinched that third place finish and just like sort of broke down into tears. I was, you know, Amy, you and I were both looking at each other like, we're not crying, we're not crying. <laughs> and the sweetest thing was, it was when she looked to Frederick and she goes, I'm so glad I decided to compete. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, like she wasn't sure. So for those who don't know, she, Annie was my favorite CrossFitter when I first came into CrossFit. Um, I had all the shirts. Um, I was so into Annie and still am to this day. Like she is still probably my favorite all-time CrossFitter. And it it made me tear up watching this weekend. Um, it, if I would have met her in person, the fanboy would have totally came out in me if I would have met her. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't get to meet her at this games. Um, I've met her before. She is freaking amazing. Um, and I just, I'm actually starting to tear up just thinking about the raw emotion that she showed at the end of the next to last event where she jumped about six feet in the air when she won it. And then the last event where she just head in hands started crying and slowly walked up onto that platform because she knew she had podiumed. That is just a vivid memory for me. Mm-hmm. Incredible. So happy for her. And it sounds like she's going to be back. So, you know, you still have that chance to fanboy out maybe next year. Yeah. Or a rogue or some of these other, you know, events that are happening. All right. Last but not least, uh, real quick, Jason Hopper. Yeah. So I think he's still immature in the sport. I think he would agree with you on that. I've heard him, I've heard him speak since the games. Um, and despite his sort of chill, cold demeanor during events, I think that's just his game face. Um, and probably, you know, doesn't need to be interpreted any other way than he's just in the zone doing his thing, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. He knows that he's got holes right? He's got, he's lacking in high skill gymnastics for volume and just the overall volume of the weekend, you know, really affected him. Um, he makes no excuses for the programming. Um, even though, you know, some of the things that he's really good at, like rowing and deadlifts did not, you know, play a major role in this year's games as it has in the past. Um, he doesn't use that as an excuse for his, you know, performance. Um, and let's face it, as a rookie, where he plays is just he fine. still did outstanding. Yeah, first cut. You know, and a lot of veteran athletes, you know, did not make that first cut. Um, so he should, and I think he is, you know, really proud. But now he knows. Like it, mm-hmm. you have to go through it, you know, to figure out where to go from there. And uh, you know, I think he's got that that mentality where he's going to just really hammer down on some of those weaknesses that he's identified, and you know, he's not going to get caught again with with those. One analogy I want to use might be lost on you guys, but if Charlie was here, he'd understand it. And maybe our listeners will. There's this trend where um, the Heisman Trophy winner in college football is does not perform well in the bowl game they go to because once they win that trophy, they are toured around the country on all the late night talk shows, on all the afternoon talk shows and told how great they are because they just won the Heisman Trophy. I think that happened to Jason Hopper. He won the Mac, won his sword, and then he got carted all over the country and um, recruited by Nike, got recruited by agents, got recruited by all this stuff. 
which is all wonderful for him. He performed to a level where that was possible for him, but it took away from his dedication to the training from the Mac to the games. Yeah, I, I do think that's probably a small piece of it. Yes, I, I agree that he's, he did seem to be on a little bit of like a, you know, a press tour, if you will. Um, but I don't think if he hadn't done that, I don't know that he would have done much better because the things that he needs to work on with, with regard to volume and skill are not going to come in, you know, the six weeks that he had prior to um, the games. But yes, that is absolutely, I remember back in the day when Brooke Entz was, you know, everybody's favorite and thought, you know, she won the West Coast Classic the one year, the Western Regional. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes back the next year and she was on her, you know, European tour movie, Wonder Woman stuff, you know, doing all that crap. And she, you know, she failed miserably in that, in that, and it was, you know, she was injured. There were other things obviously, but who knows what contributed to that if she was, you know, not training consistently and then maybe overdid it when she came back and, you know, who knows how she, if that could have been prevented or whatnot, but you have to imagine that that travel schedule really hindered her. So yeah, he, he learned a lot and we learned a lot about, you know, how he is and what he needs to do. And I still think that he's got the potential to be really good in the sport. I mean, what he did at Mac was super impressive. Um, so we'll see more to come from him. Yeah. So final thoughts. I'm sure we have material to talk about this for another two weeks and we should continue yeah. as you know, we well, digest. Before we forget, let's thank our sponsors, RX Mark Gear for, uh, hooking up with us at the, at the games. We got to see Dave and his wife, Susan. Uh, they are awesome. Uh, we are still doing our road to a thousand. Uh, we are getting subscribers a little faster than we have in the past. So we're getting closer and closer to that next century mark. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and use a public profile and you could win a brand new RX Marker jump rope. They also gave us some stuff to give away and we're gonna to put together a package. Uh, I wanna to talk to everybody before I finalize that, uh, what that package may be, but we're gonna put away together a package uh, and you're gonna be able to win that by using Instagram and YouTube, using some subscriber stuff there. Uh, and we're gonna give away something that isn't even on the market yet. Cool. Yep. Cool, are we gonna to try to get that out this week? Yeah. So look for Instagram and then we'll follow up with it next week on our show and, um, and probably give you a couple days after that show to win the prize. Awesome. Okay. Questions. We doing our two questions. The up before you coffee questions. Yes. Those questions, which by the way, I had my first cup in a while today because I've been on the road and having my awesome Grand Stay Hotel coffee for free. Mm. It's been amazing from <laughs> I love my hotel. But today I treated myself with some Up Before You coffee. Thank you. And coffee. you can do the same by going to upbeforeyou.com using the code Clydesdale20 to get 20% off your Up Before You coffee. Love it. Um, okay, questions, questions, questions. All right, first question. We're going to start with Scott. If life were a video game, what two cheat codes would you want? Life. So because of my injury, 
status that is always happening. I want the invincibility code where I blink. And that means that like I can run through fireballs and not get hurt, stuff like that. Um, so I need that for, for my CrossFit world so I can get back into shape. And uh, the other one would be the one to get bigger. <laughs> so I be strong. Okay. <laughs> I love it. All right. I struggled with this at first. I will tell you. What's up? I struggled with this question at first because okay. I was getting too philosophical. That's okay. So no, so I brought it back down. I brought it okay. back. Stop being philosophical. Here's this true story. This is a cheat code I would have liked, still would like, but definitely when I was a younger mom. What is a cheat code for being able to have your entire house clean at one time? <laughs> I could get like the upstairs clean, but the downstairs would be clean. I could get the downstairs, but not the, so yeah, I could pay somebody to do it, but I just mean, what is, how do I get it all cleaned at one time? Um, so I'll say that and, oh gosh. Uh, to be able to eat ice cream every night and not gain weight from that. <laughs> my other. I already have that cheat code. I do that every day. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> I maintain my weight for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> and I eat ice cream. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay, so I did go a little philosophical on this. Okay. This was hard for me too. Um, I think. I'll do like a serious one and a funny one. So my serious one is the cheat code for how not to raise assholes. Oh. Like seriously, that's a concern of mine. I have that. Um, not that I have any right now, but you never know. And I just, I, I wish we would have connected a lot earlier in life. Yeah. Cause that's the, one of my biggest concerns. Um, and it's not like, how, what do people think of my kids necessarily, but it's just, I really want to make sure that my kids have the same heart that I have you know, or that their dad has. And that like worries me sometimes that they might not. So, sorry, that was really deep. Whew. Okay. Thank um, you because you model it, just so you know. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, number two is the cheat code to find the perfect pair of shorts that does not squeeze my thighs to death, but fits my waist. Because I love to wear, not, I'm not talking CrossFit shorts. I'm talking like you know, shorts that you could wear to a picnic or, or something like that, jean shorts, cutoff shorts, whatever. I've tried them all. Um, and it's really hard to find a pair that, you know, A, your ass cheeks don't hang out. B, you're not like cutting off the circulation in your leg um, and that they don't fall down. I hate to admit it, but that's a good one. I yeah, wish right? I could find that one. Perfect jeans, perfect shorts, whatever, perfect pants. I've been struggling with that my entire life. Yeah, me too. Cause I got big butt, but small, smaller waist. So I have a hard yeah. time. I have a tiny waist and big legs. So cool. If I find that one, I'll let you know, guys. Okay, next one. This one, this one's really kind of oh. would you rather never be able to explain yourself correctly? It's option one. You can't explain yourself correctly ever. Or you always have to tell the truth. This one's easy for me because it is very important that I explain myself correctly um, to everyone in every way. 
and I'm a little bit of like a teacher when I coach and things like that. Like, it's very important to me that people understand what I'm saying. So I would hundred percent go with, I'd rather always have to tell the truth. I pretty much do anyway. So. Yeah. I I'm, I'm also in agreement with that, that I would struggle with that because I, I super, I, I really much value communication mm-hmm. and being and clearly communicating. So um, even though if I struggle with it at times, you know, and I'm still learning and growing as a person and a professional, um, that would, I agree. As a mother, as a coach, as a person. Mother, as a coach, as an athlete, (laughs) as a wife. Yeah, I have to agree with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. When when there's a lack of communication and, you know, we've all experienced that maybe even in the recent weeks, days, months, um, it, it makes things rough. And, um, you know, a friend once told me that in times of conflict, increased communication. Yep. Who that? <laughs> and so, yeah, I, it would drive me nuts to not be able to explain myself to somebody. Yeah. Agreed. So I have a bonus question. Okay. Amy and Kat met in person for the first time. Yes. What was that like? Totally normal. Was was Cat shorter than you thought? No. Was Amy um, taller than you thought? No. I mean, all, all my expectations were met. We pretty much are the same person in a very many lot of ways. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I wish I looked closer to you guys. I really do. Totally agree. What a blast. I mean, I think we could. Yeah, we. You could. We could. You could drop us anywhere. We'd be fine. Yeah. It was, it didn't feel weird. It didn't feel like we had never met before. No. Same with Charlie too, for me. Like, yeah. I, you know. yeah. Charlie just goes with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. He was a good roommate, except when he came in at 3 a.m. and I didn't have my, <laughs> I, I had bolted didn't the door. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. It was a fun week. It was fun to hang out with you guys. Um, really? That's part of the reason why I wanted to watch in the fitting lounge with you guys. Like it was more yeah. fun to be with my friends to watch it than, you know, elbow to elbow with some strangers taking pictures, which, you know, I mean, that was great too, but our seats in the Coliseum weren't that great. So your pictures that you took cat were phenomenal. Thank you. I'm yeah, loving yeah. your posts. Of them. They were fun to do. I, it was very unexpected that like my camera is 8,000 years old and um, I didn't even think that it would work for me on the field. And, Scott knows I brought my camera to Mac and never took it out of the case. I didn't even bother to bring it to West Coast because I thought I would never use it. So I'm really glad that I packed it. Um, it was the one thing I had to take out of my bag at the airport to make my bag less than 50 pounds <laughs> um, when I checked it. But uh, yeah, it was fun. It's kind of renewed my 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 like for that uh, you know that audiovisual medium. What I loved is. Um... I took some pictures too. I love the outdoor pictures um, because, and when like at Mac and West coast, it was really hard to get good pictures because CrossFit lighting inside is with all the flashing lights and the, it really does damage to your camera. Like it doesn't know what aperture and what. Mm -hmm. um, So it's really hard to get good pictures inside. And I respect the photographers that get those amazing shots inside the Coliseum. Um, but those outdoor shots, um, I didn't look at any of my pictures until like Tuesday that I took because uh, I didn't have my card reader with me 
in Madison, but I, there, there's certain pictures I fell in love with and I want to try to get more if we're ever on the road again. Yeah. Um, but there's other ones I'm not great at. You, you were amazing with all of your shots. Well, I just, and I'm forced with it because my lens is such a long lens that I can only get like really close up shots. And I just prefer those anyway. I like to see like expressions on people's faces and stuff. So yeah, it worked out well. I, I, I did though mess up rookie mistake. I was downloading off of my card um, on one of the days, like in the venue and um, I was too hasty in my download and it didn't download everything. And I, I typically, once I download, I erase the card so that I have more space for the next time I go to take pictures. And I erased like, not many, probably like a dozen photos, but it was at the finish line, Danielle Brandon and, and Dave Castro were having like a moment together. And I, and I captured that on film and it was really, you know, I was remembering it as I took it, like, I can't wait to see how those turned out. Cause I thought they were really good. And then um, Justin LaFranco interviewed um, Fisa Gaffey or speaking with Fisa Gaffey in our tent. And she asked me to take their picture while I was just walking back from the tent. She's like, oh, can you take a picture? So I like use my big camera to take the picture and those got deleted too. So I'm just kind of bummed like that I was so hasty with that, but live and learn next time. Right. Well, no, nobody to really announce yeah. for Monday. We <laughs> kind of have an idea of who it's going to be. But because we have not recorded it yet, I don't want to jinx it. Got it. Good idea. So we're, so we have nothing in queue right now. Nothing in queue. So we got to get we got to get some things. Okay. Like I like I have a half I have a handful of people lined up. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I just have to reach out to them. Um, but I wanted this one for Monday because mm -hmm. of because of the topics. Henry, um, yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping that we get that because it's more timely for Monday. Amy, are you biting a callus on your hand? No, it was something was sticking out. And so oh. I was seeing. You're like. <laughs> no. I have done that before. <laughs> no. Totally. And then I say we're running along and I didn't watch the internet because I was in Madison. Okay. And so I just want your favorite games moment. I actually prepared something. <laughs> Favorite games moment, and I'll go first because I, I kind of dropped this on you guys last minute. But mine was the sprint clean ladder, um, seeing Christy go toe to toe with Tia in an event where someone behind me was saying she didn't have a shot. Mm. And it was very gratifying to see um, my coach kick some ass and almost take down Tia. Uh, in an event where nobody would have picked her to do that. And other than the Annie stuff, that was my favorite thing of the weekend. Okay, so I don't think I screamed louder than when Haley Adams hit her final snatch of the snatch event because that girl made the save of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. She was down in the hole and like swaying back and forth. I thought for sure she was gonna lose it. And somehow she figured out a way to tighten up her core press out and stand that bar up. And I went crazy when that happened. That was definitely, my heart rate got up the highest for that. I was so psyched for her. Yeah. I just lost my moment. I totally just had it and I lost it. Shoot. I will say, while you're thinking about it, you know, okay, I just wrote down, we had 15 games athletes okay. on our show. 
based on who was at the game. So we got Christy Ermo O'Connell, Jacqueline Dahlstrom, Sam Cornoye, Saxon Panchik, um, Lazar and Luca, we didn't have them on our show, but Scott and I have interviewed them. Tim Paulson, Colton Mertens, Ariel Lowen, Emma Carey, Samantha Briggs, Carolyn Prevo, uh, Car Carrie Pierce, and Bethany Shadburn, and Cheryl Nasso. Did I miss anybody? Danielle Brandon. And Danielle Brandon. Ugh, sorry, I wasn't on that interview, but yes, Danielle. Okay, Mal O'Brien on the wall walk and thruster beating Tia Claire. That was pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. And you're right, Kat, the pace she kept, there's, I at the beginning, I thought there's no way. And yeah. I was like, Rookie apparently was there was a way. <laughs> yeah, she proved me wrong. I was like, so yeah. excited. That was great. Cool. Well, we'll talk more about it next week, too. I have lots of other topics that we can uh, dive into, assuming, you know, no crazy CrossFit news happens. Awesome. Okay. Well, guys, make sure you subscribe, comment, like, uh, write a review, all that kind of stuff. And look out on Instagram for a giveaway and because it's going to be a really cool one. It's stuff that you cannot buy today. Um, so we want to get that out. Uh, and to do that, we're going to use Instagram and YouTube. Make sure that you pay attention to the rules. And we hope to give that away very soon. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Cladsdale Fitness and Friends. Bye. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.